Hey, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan, and today things are going to get a little warmer. It's not going to be so cold. It's almost like we're going to put, I don't know, maybe some heat in today's episode. That's right. We're going to be re-examining the concept of heat, what it means, what do you, how do you get it, and what do you do with it? Today, we have a panel of wrestlers who are going to talk about their concepts of what they think heat is, of how to garner it, and what to do with it. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome back uh, my co-host, as always, the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson. Howdy. And regular recurring guest, Chief Atakula Kula. Thanks for having me. And uh, a few times we've had him on, AJ Sanchez, the Canadian Destroyer. Hey, I did not fall asleep this time. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, guys, today's uh, interesting concept, heat. What exactly is it? We hear this a lot, and it's kind of funny. One of the things we've tried to do in this show is sometimes take apart some of the lingo that's used in wrestling because sometimes it's, it's, it's amazing. Professional wrestling has its own lexicon of words that are words that are very similar to the words we use in real life, but people don't understand what they are. So it's not like we're trying to expose anything, but at least we want you to understand it. And today, we're going to talk about heat. Now, what exactly is heat and why is it important? And I'm going to start off with Chief. Chief, in your opinion, what exactly is heat? Well, in, in any situation, in, you know, in professional wrestling, you have to have an antagonist. Um, and, and, and that's what the antagonist does. He gets heat. Um, you, you have to have a reason to come see and cheer on your favorites, the good guys. Uh, and so that means you have to have, you know, uh, for any angel, you have to have a devil. Okay. Now, AJ, why is it important? Why is it important? Like, uh, Chief has kind of started to set it up, but what is the importance of heat in a match? Oh, boy. Um, to me, the importance of heat in a match, uh, oh, man, you could go a bunch of ways on this. Uh, first off, I feel like we, we, we've established that Heat is something that the heel gets. Uh, uh, that's that is a crowd that dislikes you. Um, for, for me, if if you've got heat, that means that you that you've got a connection. You've got people believing in what you're doing, caring enough to to boo you or uh, you know get behind you and so forth. And uh, without heat, we don't have baby faces. So uh, yeah, the, the importance is it, it's important to have heat, and I don't think we get enough of it. Okay, Andy. Um, <laughs> we, we, what you're hearing, folks, is the destruction of training in the background is at, at AJ School right now. So somebody's getting a beat on. Now, Andy, um, yes. <laughs> uh, can wrestling survive without heat? Like, I mean, you look at a product like AEW, which is trying to present itself sometimes, sometimes, as strictly straight sport-based things. Boxing works without actually having a bad guy. Does wrestling work without actually having a bad guy, good guy dynamic? You know what? It, it will to a degree because wrestling, I'm trying to remember, somebody said this, sorry, I remember hearing or reading this recently. Uh, somebody's saying like, wrestling will never die. Professional wrestling will never die. Like no matter what happens, there'll always be some form of wrestling, no matter whether it's 50 people, 100 people, 5,000 people. Um, so that, you know, Professional wrestling can can survive without heat, but it won't 
uh, I don't think it'll do as well. It won't flourish. It won't grow. It won't, you know, I, I always talk about emotional connections with professional wrestling. And that's one of the biggest things is, is that heat is the, uh, the hatred, the, the negative reaction towards the bad guy, towards the heel. Um, you know, and, and I think right now we're really seeing it, uh, how important it can be if you watch, I mean, AEW has got, you know, some, I mean, they got the guys at the ringside and stuff and they've got a little bit of a live crowd, but, uh, especially if you watch WWE programming where you see like uh, raw or SmackDown where they've got the Thunderdome, they've got the screens, but they don't have that live crowd reaction. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just not the same. You don't find the, uh, the reactions, the interactions between the talent and the fans. And, and, I, and I'm finding it, it's tougher to get emotionally invested and involved because, you know, you're, you're watching the wrestling program, but other than the, uh, the announcers telling you, you know, who's good, who's bad. Nowadays it's, it's, there's, there's just, there's just not there's just not as much there and, and I think the the loss of crowd to me is really showing the importance of that live heat that live reaction from the the crowd and it's just it's I think it's I, mean, I think we can all acknowledge that it's tough to work without it whether you're working you know in front of 10 people or whether you're working in front of 10,000 people and you're not getting it but uh, to have no heat at you know no no negativity no hatred no reactions no genuine reactions from the crowd i think it's really kind of killing a killing uh it's really hurting no yeah uh, no emotion i guess yeah. i said before good wrestling is drama and emotion and there's no emotion if there's no life exactly exactly right so i i think that's you know like i said to, to i went a really long long way of kind of trying to explain and answer the question but it's it's not it's not a you know, it can survive because we can, we've all wrestled in front of 10 people. We've all, you know, okay. it's, uh, you're, you're going to get the, the crowd that they're not looking for the heels and the baby faces, you know, if you're, and I'm going to kind of target, say like ring of honor and stuff, they're not necessarily looking for heels and baby faces. They're looking for the wrestling. They're looking for high spots and amazing sequences and flippy mm -hmm. stuff and, and whatnot. And I mean, there's pure wrestling, so I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not trying to, Put a negative spin on it at all but uh there's people now that you know they look for that art of professional wrestling yeah. where it's they want to they want to see the cool moves rather than uh say someone i mean aj you're, you're younger but i know that you you get it but i'm gonna i'm gonna put chief and i together here it's where you know there's a lot more storytelling done with uh, facial expressions and, and, you know, you get more out of a couple kicks and a few punches and maybe an eye gouge and a, and uh, you know, bending of the rules behind the ref's back versus doing some triple double let's flip off the top rope mm -hmm. or, or what did I, yeah, what was it last? Yeah. It's definitely interaction based, uh, you know, entertainment, like, like for every react for every action, there's a reaction you know yes and, thank you and that's that's what wrestling is only based on I, I i i found it interesting your comparison to boxing because boxing definitely is not the draw that it used to be mm -hmm. 20 30 years ago but if you look at ufc and mma like if you look what was the who was the biggest star recently and it was conor mcgregor and he did very much wrestling based promos Absolutely, yes. he was a heel and he got heat and look at the money he drew even when he you know got in a boxing ring, ring with mayweather i mean uh he, he very much was pro wrestling based 
on what he even, did. Even Brock Lesnar, when he was there, I mean, you know, he would talk trash and stuff. And people, people, it's the same thing with WWE. And that's why, to me, he's one of the best, best heels, one of the best, or sorry, one of the best, most underrated workers is that it's like there's people that liked him, but people really hated him and wanted mm-hmm. to see him get beat. And that's awesome. That's what you want. Now, right. I want to revisit back here to a comment uh, that AJ said uh, just offhandedly. He said, it seems like we don't get enough heat anymore in the way wrestling works. And I look back especially and uh, at the history of wrestling. Now, I enjoy wrestling through the ages. But even as I watch back, the further I go back, I see a very different way wrestling was conducted, I'm going to say. Okay. And I can remember looking back at old films of Stampede Wrestling and back old AWA and even back to some of the older classic films. You find that there is a much de-emphasis on moves. Moves are there, but they're not like, uh, like I honestly could probably watch 30 AWA matches to see as many moves as I'm going to see in an ROH match from like 2002. And, but the difference here is the fans are so much more rabid and so much more connected to what's going on, despite the fact there isn't a lot of moves going on. So what makes that interesting? And what makes it interesting is watching the heels, the the bad guy. Even from the little amount of stuff the bad guy does, you get behind the good guy because he is being mistreated or cheated upon, or whatever, and it really drives a thing. Now, here's a weird question. That connection there of going from so little actual moves to full-on doing things, horrible things that the bad guy does, and as we go through history, we find more and more moves, yet it seems like the bad guys are less and less. Now, is it possible in this today's world of all these crazy moves and 23 Canadian destroyers off the top rope and jump up to a clothesline. Is it possible to hearken back to those days to create those kind of villains or are we just too, too awoke to what things could be in this world? Is too, it possible? Sorry? It is, but, but it's too politically correct. Everybody's worried about being so politically yeah. correct and we don't want... We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, that's what what being a heel is all about, <laughs> is hurting somebody's feelings, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's so, it, it's so contradictory in society today, and, and promoters are the same way, you know, especially when you're looking at WWE or someplace like that. They're, they're looking at sponsors' dollars. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to alienate any sponsors. Um, th- that's, that's why, like when you saw the Attitude era, era, when WWE was not a publicly traded company, it was much different than it was after they became publicly traded because then they had stockbrokers and people they had to answer to. And so they had to be much more PG and politically correct. Uh, And and I think that's a lot of what it comes down to. It's a TV product and that's when it changed. Okay. I want to throw this question out to AJ. Now, AJ, um, in that smaller level of, you know, not looking at the major like WWE or AEW or the big companies, is it possible in the indie level to, to have a very effective heel. I mean, is it really watered down by political correctness on this level too? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, obviously you need to be within reason as to, as far as what you're doing as a heel. Um, but I've, 
you know, it's sometimes it's tough to say too. No, it's, it's not. You, you can go at this level and you can get heat and you can genuinely have people hating you. Um, unfortunately, I think that, uh, you know, at this level, we're trying to make some money. So I'll go out there and have a whole crowd hating me. And then I'll see them at the merch table and they'll tell me how great of a job I did uh, you know, with, with everything I did in the ring. So um, with wrestling being as exposed as it is, it is uh, people are aware that what we're doing is, is a show and it's uh, theater performance art or whatever, <laughs> whatever they want to call it these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so no, it's, it's completely, it's completely possible to, to garner that, you know, heat at this level um, there. And there's different communities. There's different parts of the U S that you can go across and it's, easier in some places and, and more difficult than the other, you know what I mean? So uh, it is still very easy to do. And regardless of the landscape of wrestling today, uh, it, it, if somebody wants to get heat though, it, or it, I shouldn't say if they want to, if, if they know how to get heat, they'll get heat. Uh, and okay. if that's what they want to do, like, like yeah, I, I'll, I'll cut it there. I'm sure there's more I could say, but yeah. I think- <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Um, I know I've brought in this story up once before, and I'll bring it up again. Um, I can think of back uh, to 1988 and uh, Stampede Wrestling coming up to a northern town, my hometown of Grand Cash. And I had a friend who went and seen it, and he said, you know, he went in, the entire gym is full of kids and, and adults. And, you know, we come from a small town. It's a small town fun thing. There's, you know, Gamma Singh comes out, and all of a sudden there's like, a hundred people screaming Packy at him. And uh, it, it's just, in this, it seems like racism was one thing you could always play on, but is that doable today, Chief? Um, it's doable, but nobody would let you do it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Anything's doable, but yeah, whether you're allowed to do it, that's that's a different thing, you know, I mean, Obviously, you gotta you gotta work within the parameters of the per, of what the person the person who's paying you what they what they uh, will allow you to do. So, I I mean I think it's something at the independent level. It's uh, it's a very fine line, and basically because of what you said, I mean because here I mean you know you're answering to fans, but it's not like the like the TV product, not like WWE, where you've got the shareholders, you've got everybody else. Um, right. I know. F- you know, and I'd have to say, because I mean, you you know, you play the role of a chief. So I'm sure even today, well, not today because there's not really shows, but I'm sure in the recent past, like, have you, do you still, do you, do you ever get terms thrown at you for being the chief? Oh, yeah, all the, all the time. Um, not, not so much for being that, but, you know, um, uh, one, because, you know, I have the pink mohawk and everything. I get the, punk, the Pocahontas chance all the time when I'm in yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> That's one thing I think harking back to Puerto Rico, when you go to Puerto Rico, it's still much different over there. Like people say whatever they want. And Mexico, and it, I mean, granted it's been 20 years for me for Mexico, but yeah, but Mexico was the same thing. Cause that's yeah. where you get like Pato, Pato. Yeah. And all, they, they, yeah. So, yeah. so I think it's, it's a society, you know, society okay. thing. Yeah. So, so from what I'm hearing though, is if I say was in Mexico when I was a wrestler and I was playing on the, like in the old days, how we played on, you know, maybe I'm playing as the white guy in Mexico. Oh, you stinking Mexicans or something. That's passable. Is, is that passable in Mexico at this time? Or is it, once again, is it like, because you could never do that in the U.S. or in Canada. No. I mean, if I started like 
you know, trying to play another race being more superior. And yet wrestling has been built on that. We can go back in a long ways. Yeah. And there is a lot of characters whose exact shtick was because their color was different. They were better than oh, yeah. everyone else. Yeah. I haven't uh, worked down in Mexico for about a decade, but you know, like I said, Puerto Rico, is definitely, you know, um, it's definitely still there. <laughs> Don't okay. play on any stereotype. It's it's not an issue yeah. over there at all. But if but if I was day. to play if I was to play the opposite stereotype, like because you know if I did that in the states, there would be people like trying to sue me. I mean, there right. was a guy, there was a comedian who got sued for saying a joke that somebody found offensive towards something or other. Would would you have those kind of problems down there? No. Okay. Okay. Just just wanted to be sure. Okay. So now we know. It, Obviously, on the indie level, we can get away with a lot more risque things because there is no, you know, beholden uh, uh, sponsorship. There's less accountability. Less accountability. Okay. Um, Andy, can you ask the next question for me, please? Okay. But I would. Okay, so I've been throwing a, throwing an audible here to ask the next question. Um, so if we're Actually, well, let, let's focus on this. Do you think now, because AJ, you've been kind of quiet, so that's why I'm going to kind of move over from Chief. To me, and I'm not, I'm not condoning playing any sort of race card on the independent level. I'm not condoning playing the race card at all, but I'm just saying in terms of the heat, do you think it's still possible in a veiled way if you're kind of pulling the, uh, you know, your superior like, like it's, you're a Canadian destroyer, so you're going into the U.S. Can you play that role of, well, I'm Canadian, I'm better than you, we have health care, uh, you, know, you know, all this stuff like that. Do you think you can, is it feasible to kind of still kind of play things that way? 100% it's still, it's still a thing. That's, uh, you know, oftentimes we go down there uh, in a group and it's like, all right, which, which one of you guys is doing the, the Canada versus U.S. angle? Because that's the, that's the easiest way to go. It always gets, yeah. it gets great heat. Um, and, and oftentimes I'll show up in places where they already have an American playing a Canadian gimmick. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, it's like, Hey, you know, that's, that's our thing, but, uh, and I get it cause it's, it's cheap, easy heat. Um, so it's definitely still a thing that's doable. Uh, and just getting back to a bit of the race card thing, uh, you know, I don't want to sound insensitive, but like we as a society are too sensitive because, uh, mm -hmm. when Olympics happen. Uh, it's America versus Canada versus Mexico versus, you know what I mean? It's no yeah. different. Uh, and generally every country uh, is going to write their story with them being the baby faces and them going over. So if it's the, the Iraqi coming into America, America's going to beat the Iraqi. And if the Americans are coming up to Canada at the end of that story, the Canadians are going to win. And if we go to India and so forth, that's just the way it's going to be. Unfortunately, I think people maybe think that it's all played out a little bit because, I mean, you look at WWE, man, they've relied on that for years and it's always been a big major story for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason why it worked. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, even when AJ and I worked in Wisconsin, I think you came out and did that, blah, 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 you know, to get that making fun of me, yeah. the whole Indian thing, because I was the face and he was the heel and crowd ate it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we've talked about it on previous episodes too, uh, Tom, where it's kind of like, you know, basically anybody, if you come into a town, anybody that's, that's different, whether you look different, sound different, dress different, all of a sudden that can, you know, I don't know if that's going to be like necessarily, I mean, race is kind of like the 
real basic level, but, but so is, it's just somebody different. So, I mean, we mm-hmm. talk about Canada, the U S U S Mexico, U S Iraq, but I mean, and, and speaking from a Canadian perspective, uh, you know, for, for us in Alberta, it could be as simple as Edmonton and Calgary, you know, mm-hmm. you go a little further East with, uh, with AJ and Winnipeg, you can have, uh, let's say, well, you know, throw in a name here. Let's go ahead. Like AJ Sanchez versus Wavell star. And if Wavell's from Saskatchewan and, you know, AJ's out of Manitoba, so two rival provinces, that are neighbors, you know, there's your, there's your rivalry right there. You know, part of the reason why too, is because now if we go and do the Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan thing, people are invested. People that show up to that show already will be invested because we have an ongoing rivalry with Regina based on our football team or exactly. You know what I mean? Like Edmonton, Calgary, uh, the NHL and the CFL, so you, it, it's easy. Those are the, those are the, the low hanging fruit. You can go and do that because it's easy. And because it's going to pretty much garner some sort of reaction or connection to everybody in the audience. And, and when they're connected, they're going to be responding. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's sort of funny. We talk about how, you know, people are too sensitive and uh, um, it's kind of interesting because I've been to a lot of uh, different uh, indie matches, places around and it went from that whole, you know, you could like jokingly, I don't know, because, you know, let's face it, a uh, hundred people yelling at Gamma Singh Packy, they're not racist people. They're, they're not people who go out and, and, you know, burn flags and stuff like this. There are a bunch of people at a wrestling show trying to have some fun and it's an easy target. You know, Gamma Singh himself would probably tell you that was the whole point of the way he dressed and the way he did things because right. he wanted you. To, to be invested and hate him in that sense. And then I look at today and I don't know how many times I've been into like any kind of indie thing, somebody who comes out different, the fans, unless they know the guy, especially if he's brand new or new to the area, nobody jumps on the, the difference thing at first. Everybody is kind of almost afraid to say whatever yeah. racial slur or thing they would have said. You're different. Yeah, damn you, you're different. Why must you dress like... Anyways, but uh, so I'm going to ask you guys, each one of you, and I want you to think about it for a second. The question here is this. What do you think in your career, in the way you use it, what do you use to garner heat? What is the thing that is your bread and butter that makes you connect with the people that way for them to hate you much? Now, Chief, I know you play 50-50 a lot, uh, good guy, bad guy. When it's time to be the bad guy, what are you using? What's your technique? Well, it, it depends on the situation. Uh, you know, if, if it's going to be, you know, an area that I work all the time and it's going to be a, a, a long-term feud, like we, we had a, and it de- depends on the person I'm working with too, but we had a situation last year in Ohio and we, we had somebody who, whose mother had just died recently and all the fans knew it. And uh, so I was, I was going to be working him on Mother's Day weekend. Oh. So, he was okay with this. We cut a promo and I was talking about it's mother's day weekend. And I think you should be able to spend mother's day with your mother, like everyone else. So I brought you a gift. I pulled out a shovel. That got a lot of heat. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And we got a lot of heat from the fans and, and the guy was okay with it, but even some of the boys in the back weren't sure, didn't know that it was, yeah. that it was approved ahead of time, but they were like, that yeah, might've yeah. went too far, but it didn't. You know, but I mean, it's just stuff like that. It, it really depends on the situation, you know, but you try to come up with something unique, run it by somebody and see if they're okay with you doing it. Some, you know, yeah. half the time they are, some guys aren't, some guys are sensitive about things, you know? 
and, and to each their own. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those things too, that uh, especially now more than ever in society, because it's so easy for everybody to have a voice, whether they're being you know, on the keyboard or they're going to speak out is someone, you know, someone could just easily say, I don't like that. That offends me. Yeah. And you know what? So you're, you're I, not gonna... Yeah. But yeah. I had a lot of heat on the internet for that. Like people, the people were legitimately upset, but personal issues draw, you know, and yeah. that made it very personal. So then people wanted to see that match because they want to see this guy beat my ass for saying that about. They his want, they want him, they want to see him take that shovel and whoop your ass with it. Exactly. <laughs> That's All good right. business. AJ, how about you? Yeah. Sorry, I'm in and out here. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, uh, garnering heat. Uh, that's that was the question, right? How do we? Yeah, really how do you it? do it? How do you do it? Man, I'm a talker, so I. I insult people. Um, you know what? As and that, I really relied on that a whole lot um, throughout, like my younger years, just because I talking is no problem for me. Um, as I got older, um, I learned like anybody can call somebody a you know a fat ass and and get yelled at and get booed. And, like that's so easy. Um, and, and not that there's anything wrong with it. You know, uh, it may be cheap heat, but it's still heat. So. Exactly. Um, I, I've, I've learned over the years to let my work be what garners my heat now. So I, and luckily you learn that as you get older, which is the exact time you want to start slowing down on your work and not doing all the, <laughs> all the high spots and all the dives and all that kind of stuff. So, um, talking, uh, is, is my go-to just cause I know I can say the right thing. And I always have a, a one-liner to kind of annoy somebody or cut them off. Um, but as I'm getting older now, I'm really starting to figure out how to get that through my work. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Let's turn it on to you, Andy. What kind uh, of stuff are you using? You know what? I I'll, I'll take a, a dash of what AJ said because I, I mean you've you've you know you've been privy mm -hmm. to my work uh, more than anybody else here. Um, the talking for me, especially as I've gotten older, but you know just for for injuries and whatnot, where I can't do as much, uh, so less is more. But uh, the talking is important. But at the end of the day, for me, it's being a jerk, being mm -hmm. a bully. And having full 10,000% conviction that I am said bully, said jerk. And, uh, you know, when, when I'm on top, I'm rocking and rolling. When, when I'm, you know, when I'm on my heels, all of a sudden I'm, I'm backpedaling. To me, like there's, I tried to find a balance. Um, I remember hearing, and I've never really seen a lot. And Chief, I think if you have, maybe you can speak to this. But that was one of the things about Johnny Valentine as a heel was he was never like a chicken like a back off begging heel. He was, you know, he was just tough, like relentless, like T2000 or whatever it was always coming yeah. at you. So to me, it's, it's that balance of that, of that aggressiveness. But then, you know, when you are on your heels to be like a, a Ric Flair, to be like an Eddie Guerrero where you're, you're back and whoa, 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 you know, offer the handshake and, and do whatever. So it, to me, it, it's, it's trying to get the, the pulse of the people and, and finding what, you know, what's going to get under their skin. And, and I think, uh, you know, again, less is more like, you know, we, we've talked in previous episodes and I've said, I've had people come up to me after matches and be amazed at the heat that I've got. And I said, but, but you don't do anything. And I was mm -hmm. like, Yep, pretty much. Can we go? And I kind of joke with sometimes with uh, in the past with Boris, kind of our, our guy that does like the audio and video. We're like, you know, let's do like a best of Andy Anderson video. I'm like, well, what the heck are you going to show? Like a punch, a kick, and me hitting like, you know, kicking the bottom <laughs> rope and saying, who sucks now? Like, 
<laughs> that's about it. So, okay. uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely there, there's some I'm I'm, I'm sure there's some guys that you know, that are so natural, such natural heels that maybe they don't necessarily have to think of it. But I, th- I think to be a good heel, you have to be pretty smart to be able to kind of figure out what, when, where, who, why, and kind of get, you know, to get under people's skin. You know, I, I was, I was working with Danny um, a couple of years ago over in somewhere. And remember that fair AJ over in Nebraska? I think I wrestled you the next night as a face in Wisconsin, but I was a heel the night before against Danny. And it was kind of funny because, you know, I'm the American Indian. Danny was from Canada, but when Danny was getting over on me, they were chanting USA. <laughs> Figure that one out. I, you know what? I true, true, quick, short story here. So I had a couple of WCW matches way back in the day, and one of the matches I had was against Ghetto from Japan. <laughs> and I remember still being introduced as you know being from Canada, and during the match they had the USA chant going. And I just yeah. remember thinking, how funny is this? You know, a Canadian wrestling, a Japanese guy. And this was in, I think, San Bernardino, California. And they're chanting USA. And you, and you were the heel, right? No, no, because it was ghetto because he was Japanese. Oh, you were the face? I was, I was okay, the baby yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. So still, you know. But I, I, was face, the heel, but... I was the heel in the United States in this situation, being American Indian. Danny was they're from Canada. Chanting. He was the face. <laughs> but yeah, when he's getting over on me, they forget he's Canadian, I guess. And just... Can't USA. Uh, I think. I think. Like, wait a minute. You said you said conviction is is a big thing. So uh, a lot of guys like you hear the term like playing wrestler and, yes. and so mm-hmm. forth. So uh, if you can go out there with a sense of believability as a heel, you can do next to nothing and garner the heat that you need. Um, but at the same time, as a heel, you need to understand when it's time to backpedal and when it's time to like, you know, be the brunt of the joke uh, if that's what the match calls for. So, um, and that's where I I think a truly really good heel is somebody that's self deprecating and realizes like we can, we can look like fools and still come back and and get heat. Um, And too often guys take themselves maybe a little too seriously. Sometimes like we talked about before they try to be the cool heel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I you know what? And o- over the years, and I'm I'm again, I'm just speaking from personal experience. And, and Tom, just because you've been around long enough, uh, I've been beaten by women. I've been beaten in five seconds. I've been beaten in 10 seconds. You know, I've lost three times in the span of five minutes. Yeah. And, you know, I venture to say I probably to this day still have more heat than anybody after all yeah. those. And to me, that's proof yeah. that, you know, you you can have all this stuff happen to you. But but with the conviction and like, you know, like AJ said, you know, being the self-deprecating, knowing kind of, you know, when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, when to run. Mm-hmm. That's all part of the, you know, part of the package. Well, you know, uh, I read uh, somewhere, um, somebody talking about what makes a true villain, a very good villain, what makes a classic villain. And basically what it comes down to, they said, and I want to ask you guys how much you delve into this psychologically when you go out and do your heel work. They said an incredibly good heel is the person who no matter what they're doing or saying, no matter how the degrees of bad or evil it is, the fact that they 100% believe that they're right Right. and that what they're doing is justified makes them a classic villain. So my question is this, how far do you guys delve into that? Chief, when you go out there and you're playing the villain that night, do you do you wrap yourself up very much into that character? Like, okay, 
I am the villain or are, you know, cause let's face it. Sometimes it's easy to go out and okay, I've done this. I mean, I used to be a salesman. I could go out and okay, okay, right now I'm going into salesman mode and I'm going to sell. How do you approach the villain? That well, when I'm the heel, I, when I go through the curtain, I believe everything I'm saying at that moment in time, I believe what I'm saying. I believe what I'm doing. And, and I do uh, very much believe what you were saying too, that, uh, it's the old ends justifies the means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, if you're after this title belt, doesn't matter what I do to get it. As long as the end result is I have it. Okay. And, and you, and you believe you're justified it, you know, because this baby face had done you wrong. You deserve the belt, not him or something. But yeah, you all, you definitely believe in, in what you're, you know, no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. even if it might be somewhat wrong by society's views, it you're, you can justify it in your head. And that's what a heel does. You can justify everything that you do. Okay. Uh, and, and uh, but yeah, you, I, I believe when I walk through the curtain, it's like real for that 15 minutes. It's real for me. I believe everything that's in my head. You know, I mm-hmm. believe everything I'm saying. If you believe it, the crowd will believe it. If you don't believe it, if you're just playing a part, you can tell the difference between that. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, when somebody's you know, just playing a role and somebody actually believes in what they're, what they're saying. Okay. Now um, I want to go over to AJ for a second. Now I've seen AJ as a heel many times and, and then not to, not too long ago, to be honest. And uh, one thing I do enjoy is, and, and I'm not trying to be a jerk here. Okay. But a lot of times the most vocal people at wrestling matches aren't exactly the brightest of people or, the ones you, they're definitely not the brain surgeons who came down and decided to knock off a few hours and watch wrestling. And uh, AJ's character is dependent on coming off and goading them, um, working them over verbally by saying like, you know, lots of cutting insults and funny things. Yet he doesn't take it too far. He'll take it to the point where he'll actually let them turn it around and then you know he could probably say more, but instead he plays the villain and kicks the rope and gets mad and, and storms off, which even brings him further up into a villain. Right. My question is, AJ, how hard is it when you're wrapped up in that? How hard is it to step down? Because there's, there's obviously all of us have a pride. All of us want to be the smart ass who wins in the end. There's <laughs> got to be that part of you where it's like, oh, man, this toothless yokel is not getting, you know what I mean? You don't really think it. But in that moment, is it hard to step back and, and be like, OK, let them take the thing and I got to take the blow? It, uh, no, no, it's not. It's not hard, especially uh, when dealing with those people. Um, when I'm. When it's the adult that thinks they're above what's happening, then that's the one I'll zero in on and, and make sure that they don't win. But uh, <laughs> when it's when it's a child or or you know somebody maybe uh, you know not mentally all there, um, if they can come and they can interact with the heels and with the baby faces, um, it becomes infectious. And, you know, maybe it's a crowd that's having a little tough time getting, getting behind everything. It's their first time seeing a show. Um, you just need that one person and that one interaction to, to really spark everything that's going on. And, uh, and, and then it just becomes infectious from there. But at the end of the day, like, uh, as is in most movies, film, anything, uh, the good guy wins. So I'll say something that maybe upsets a child and, I've done it a million times with Danny Duggan. Danny Duggan, babyface, comes in, gives him a pat on the head, and then beats me. So, and they're happy, and they go home happy. And Danny probably sells a lot of merch because of me. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you just for your percent. 
Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. When you have a smaller crowd or a tough crowd, like like AJ said, I, I do that too. I'll watch from the back. And you can usually see one section or a little group of people that is noisier than the rest. And so when I go out there, I'm going to target those people right away. Because once you get them going, then the rest of the crowd is going to follow. Like, like he said, uh, I, I very much uh, do the same thing. I, I think that's kind of, at least from you know, from my training, I, I imagine knowing, you know, Chief, with your experience and, and AJ, kind of that Manitoba connection, that part of the training that was like that's like wrestling 101. Whether you're a babyface or you're a heel, when you're in the ring, you know you're you're looking. I mean, or like in Chief's case, where he's saying he's backstage and you're kind of watching ahead of time. You know, you want to find one or two people. So if you're a babyface, you know you want to find someone like when you're when you're in peril, when you're in despair, you want to reach out. You know, like help me, help me. Like you want to make that connection because that starts that ripple effect where one or two does it, then the next couple still do it. And it's the same thing as a heel. You find someone that's trying to be a, a smart ass or whatever you make your comment you clip them and all of a sudden okay well now they want to get back at you now this guy's gonna think oh well i've got a better one-liner than this guy so i'm gonna chime in and then boom boom mm-hmm. boom 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 and that's that, that's reaction yeah it's, that's that's like you know wrestling psychology 101 within with interaction yeah. with fans just like when they when they start the pocahontas chance with me i cover my ears stomp kick the rope and then they get louder because yeah. I know what's making me upset, you know? So you just play into that. It's easy. Really. It's, it's I mean, a general it's, thing. I mean, you know, like, you know, you, you, being around kids or, you know, you being around someone's like, Hey, don't push that button. Yeah. <laughs> what's the tendency? Well, <laughs> they're going to push it. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say where the, the villain comes out and quit making that noise and puts his hands on, you know, no, no one's going to go, Oh, we've offended him. Let's, I am a favorite of mine is, you know, is, you know, whether it's on the microphone or, or just loud enough. And, you know, like a few people don't stop, you know, chanting or clapping out or I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to finish this match. Yeah. <laughs> I do that one. I do that one. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now um, I would like to ask each of you to give me uh, your idea of a person who you've seen in wrestling history who was definitely a heat magnet, a guy who really knew how to get the crowd to hate him and get him in the palm of their hands. Who's a guy that you've really admired that you've seen do this. And uh, we'll start off with, uh, we'll start off with Andy here. Ooh. Oh, who is there to pick? I mean, there's, there's so many different eras. Um, you want, you want like straight heat or like love to hate or like what, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Sometime there. that you pick as like, this is a guy that I think is just brilliant at getting people to hate him. Uh, I'd say in the last, you know, probably 15, 20 years, John, Bra- John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, uh, he was one that not a lot of people, you know, I mean, if you like him, you're going to like him because more the appreciation of his work versus, oh, like I, you know, I have a connection with him. I find we have similar thoughts and values and beliefs. He was, he was just so good at making everybody hate him. Uh, you know, at the, I think at the time Cena was still a baby face. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, Cena wasn't the, uh, you know, the 50, 50 thing. So, you know, that mm-hmm. helps Cena, uh, you know, you can go probably just about anywhere and hear him, uh, speak about how much Eddie helped him being such a quintessential baby face and feeding him ideas of saying like, Hey, like, you know, people would hate, you know, if you did this, if you did this, if you did this and, and you know, in a, in a time where we talk about, you know, the, the gray, gray lines of, you know, the gray areas of uh, faces and heels, he was probably one of the, the better heels 
for getting heat in the last uh, 15, 20 years. Fair enough. Chief, who would you see in, in uh, your, your all-time? Tully Blanchard. <laughs> We've talked about this. Go on. Tell yep. people why. Uh, Tully, uh, like I said, even even when the four horsemen, you know, were getting kind of cool, you know, sometimes Rick would get cheered, Arna get cheered, and, and Barry or Oli, whoever, you know, the other one was. But uh, Tully never got cheered. <laughs> And, and, and he wasn't like that well in the locker room either. He's, he's a great guy now. I've met, I've met him several times, but, uh, and he'll even tell you nobody liked him back then. I mean, he, even in the locker room, he wasn't well liked, but he, he, he uh, lived the part, you know, and, and, and like I said, when the rest of the horsemen get cheered, Tully didn't, nobody yeah. liked Tully. It's probably transferred over to his daughter now. All right. <laughs> From what I've heard. <laughs> Anyways, AJ Sanchez. Uh, I'll go a little more present day. Um, I guess I'm going WWE and I don't watch it very much, but probably Baron Corbin, I think is a guy that just generally isn't liked by the smart wrestling fans or, or the fans that buy into the product. Um, I was going, I was going to say MJF in AEW, but. Um, but he danced that out of your heart. What's that? But, he, you know, he song and danced that out of your heart. I, I loved the segment, but uh, I think I think wrestling is so exposed over there that the fans don't genuinely hate him; they appreciate the performance, and yeah. I think that's the difference. AEW okay. is almost like we're all in on the on the gag, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good way of putting it, Chief. I like that that we're all, yeah. In the, yeah. That is interesting. You guys say that uh, it's, you know, we re- we review that every week and sometimes there's just things that just doesn't seem like <laughs> you know, normal you know wrestling. Though, you know, you know what though? Fans watch wrestling because they want to be wrestlers. So mm-hmm. uh, I won't say it's a dumb idea to make the, the people that do watch their product feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're on, a, on the verge of a, a million viewers every week. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's obviously an audience for what they're doing. Um, so I think it's smart in, in, in doing that, um, you know, to garner their audience and, uh, it's wrestling's about a connection. So if they feel that connection, that's when they're going to spend their money. AJ, do you think that can grow a lot more though? Or do you think it's a niche market? Mm. And that's that I think time is going to tell on, on that one. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, I'd like to see it grow. I like seeing, I like seeing six or seven TV shows and all my friends on TV and, having jobs and, and, and things like that. So, uh, can it, I, I, maybe I, like, I don't know. Um, you've got a mix of everything there and that's what we've, I think we've talked about this in the past, like wrestling shows should have a mix of everything for everybody. So yeah. you watch AEW, you're going to get your old timers with Sting, Tully and Arn, and you're going to get your old school heel, uh, with MJF, regardless of how the people buy in on him. Uh, you're going to get your indie spot fest. Let's all clamor and catch everybody, uh, uh, you know, like Jim Ross doesn't like. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're going to get a bit of everything in, in, in my books there. Okay. Now, I, I, you know, we're talking about people who are generating this kind of anger, heat, uh, uh, the bad guy thing. I'm going to take, you one. know. Oh, you got one. Oh, wait. Where's that voice wait, come from? Wait, who's that? Who the hell got on this line? Who let? Oh, wait. It's Elio. <laughs> Elio. What the hell, man? It's Sergeant Slaughter. Okay, and, and how do you feel? What what what? Uh, what when 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 he when he turned heel in uh, in the early nineties? Okay, with the uh, any, any, sympathizer. Uh, and he hooked yeah. up with that General Adnan. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and Colonel Mustafa. Yep. That's pretty racist of you to say that earlier. No, I'm just I, I think if, if, <laughs> if you go back to Sergeant Slaughter in the late 70s and early 80s, though, I think even more so. Uh, yeah, because when he was with Don Cronodal and and uh, feuding with, wow. yep, yeah, with Ricky with Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, the the feud they had with them and and uh, yeah. that yeah, they were they were drawing sellouts everywhere. But yeah, if you go back to that Sergeant Slaughter, which a lot of people would know about probably, but us, yeah. but but yeah, he originally was a heel before he did the whole GI Joe thing. Yeah, um, you know, and and. Uh, became a face and later on went back heel again. But yeah, I think, I think slaughter back then had even more heat than the one that came, came on. Yeah, yeah. But well, that, that's safe to say that's a difference of the times though, too. Well, yeah. yeah. The, the Sergeant is- slaughter that had the street fight with Pat Patterson. Yeah. And, and that's Madison what I was, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly and then, what and I was going to say is I think it's a, it's a difference of the times because I think if you put heel Bobby Heenan on TV right now, he's going to be so over because he does such a great job because yeah. people are so exposed they're like, man, that guy's really good at what he does instead of, mm-hmm. oh, man, I really hate that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Be a and different a, kind of heat. And as a weird aside, Chief, I have probably done at least in the last couple of years, at least 300, 400 uh, different wrestling episodes. And the name Don Carnoodle never come up in any of them, yet I know who he is. <laughs> yeah. God bless <laughs> so the history books. Pass. God yes. bless the history books. And that would be yeah. uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and family. That, and that family. is our, that is our, yeah, those are our yeah, history books. I think. Well, it's good to have an old guy on here every once in a while. <laughs> well, I do have Andy. Anyhow. <laughs> All right. Which, so, I mean, it's even funnier, even more ironic for you to say. Yes, I know. <laughs> because I am older than Andy. But anyhow, um, <laughs> Here's my question, and because you guys brought up AEW, I'm going to stick in while it's getting hot. I want to talk about a character that I've seen on here recently who is definitely made not to be someone cheered, definitely has a look, presence, and character that is meant to be hated. Is it going to work in this day and age? Is it just going to be a blip, an aberration? I want to get your guys' opinion on the woman wrestler Abaddon. The girl who comes out looking like she seriously is a zombie who crawled out of the freaking sewer. She is the first uh, female heel character that doesn't seem to have boobs hanging out or any of the sexualized things on top of her character. She is just straight up a scary looking character. Is this a workable thing? Is this going to just fade out? Is she even going to achieve anything in this day and age? Will this character work? We'll start off with Chief. Chief, you've seen this girl, have you not? I have I have very little. I know who you're talking about, but I can't actually say I've ever seen a match of hers. Okay. Right. Um, so I, I can't offer a great opinion on it, but I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see since yeah. it's, you know, I mean, now, yeah, usually they sexualize everything with, yeah. you know, and, and, but, I, but I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say awesome Kong was really sexualized too much when she was out and she got over. So. Oh, except the one. She, remember the one match where she <laughs> fell out of her uh, uniform on national television. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that that's, was... that's a malfunction. That's not yeah. a sexual malfunction. But AJ, yeah, it just it cool. kind of depends on how they what what they do with her. Okay, how they present her. No, AJ, you've obviously seen this character we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way she's presented, the way she looks. Do you honestly, in your opinion, will this be a successful thing, or will this be something that just kind of went came in a blip? So great. Now I'm going to have to go back and find that awesome Kong clip of her losing her. <laughs> it's one of her first uh, impact appearances. It was like just, a battle. Just for, research, just for research, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 just for yeah. research, right? Just for research. I'll follow up on the podcast. 
Yeah, um, I, I don't. I don't believe you. I don't believe it happened. I have to see it for yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, from my own eyes. Um, you know what? It's so. Uh, the I think the roots goes a little deeper for me. So um, I was just having this chat with Mentalo today, who was down here at the training center working out. Um, I we were just talking about how we think uh, pro wrestling nowadays has uh, the, the people in power and the people on top are no longer like the masculine males like jocks sports kind of you know kind of people like that and i think uh for lack of a better term nerds run the world you know what i mean yep. what, you, what your definition of a nerd would be are now in the in the positions of power we knew that was um, going to happen all along too uh, you, we said it back in the day my parents warned yeah. me of all that be friends with are, you gonna, are you going to give them back their lunch money AJ? Uh, <laughs> anyway. see, I, was always a, I was a baby face in school man big baby oh, face okay. um so i think and, and the reason i i'm prefacing this with that is that i think there's sustainability because i think what you're seeing on tv a lot now uh is not so many not so much athletes like obviously people are in shape but i think you're seeing a lot more cosplay on on tv right now and when you see a character like Abaddon who looks creepy as hell. And I think if you're, you know, floating through the channels and you see that crawling on the TV, you're going to stop and look. Uh, so yeah. that's uh, a good thing for her. Um, I've seen maybe one or two of her matches. And if I'm being honest, I don't care for women's wrestling. So I don't, uh. Uh, I don't watch a whole lot of it. Um, but uh, um, I, I'm sure there's, I'm sure you're going to get something out of it because I think, <laughs> Uh, with the way society is and the way wrestling in general is right now, uh, you know, how do I put it? Like, like they want to see her succeed, I guess. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to be very politically correct here, even though I may not have a politically correct opinion. So, go right ahead. Uh, There's probably only eight people listening. So, oh, perfect. So we can just start burying people. And... <laughs> They're all relatives of ours. So, <laughs> oh, cool. I, I, I was under the impression we we're going to bury Squig, but that's cool. I'll. Uh... Uh, he, he hasn't figured out how to use the internet yet, so he's never going to hear this. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, man, it's it's all in what they decide they want to do with her. Uh, the women's division there has not been very good uh, mm. at all. So, uh, and that, that would be the times I would watch the matches when I when they weren't good, just out of my own, you know, personal, personal masochism. <laughs> AJ has, a, has another point, though. It, you know, wrestling is very much pres- presented like a video game these days. If you think yep. about it <laughs> and you've got to remember there are are they hire script writers not yeah. athletes to to plan this stuff out they have people who are script writers for books tv shows and whatnot to to write a wrestling and, program and even on the shows you can see because a lot of us older guys are still afterwards we'll go out to the bar or go do something after the shows we'll all get together you know and the young guys go back to their hotel room and play video games play video games yeah, yeah. it's very much true i mean that's you can see the division on the road between the young guys and the old guys for sure. Yeah, I mean, AJ can probably tell you that too. The culture has changed. Uh, I'm one of the older guys, uh, even though I don't maybe look like it, but I like to go oh, for a beer look- after the show and mingle yeah. upon, you know, within the town. Yeah. So um, uh, don't get me wrong. I like video games too, but I'm of that culture. So, uh, but okay. I think uh, the world and the wrestling world in general are just all changing and things are maybe flipping a little bit, not what they used to be. All right. Now, Andy, we've uh, just started talking about Abaddon because she's been yeah. showing up recently on. Uh, but we actually I haven't really asked you um, outright the way she's presented, the way she looks. Is this something because like in my mind, this is very different. So I'm very I'm very tossed right now about if I think this kind of thing will work. What is your opinion? I think the potential is there. Uh, I'm 
I'm open to seeing what they do with her. Um, but, you know, as we talk, you know, I, I think initially when you kind of brought this question, you, you kind of said it more as like a, from her as being a heel. And, and I don't know that I necessarily see her being a heel. What? I, she dripping blood everywhere. How is she a good guy? You had the boogeyman <laughs> with worms come out of his mouth and he was a yeah. baby face. But he was a clown. She looks real cool, man. She looks cool. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the kind of reaction. And that's why. So to me, it's, you know, I, I won't even go to say that she'll be, you know, I mean, kind of by default, if she's not a heel, I guess that kind of makes her a face if people are mm -hmm. still, you know, reacting. But I just see her more as a character. And, okay, Andy. You know, I, I'm like, yes, sir. The, the real question is, do you think she would be a better friend than Hulk Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. Uh... I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I think she'd steal my lunch money just as quick as the Hulkster might. So <laughs> she looks like she's four foot eight. So I'm not sure exactly if you're going to give her your lunch money, but okay. No, no, but, but she could be sneaky about it. That's true. That is true. You know, I mean, now, there's probably a lot of things when the lights are out, you know, she can probably see better or something. I, I don't know. But she'd probably but scare you into giving her, her your lunch money. Yeah. Well, I'm scared. Who said that? Well, I, it's not even my lunch. I mean, nowadays, who has lunch money? Be like, ah, quick, take my debit card. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this week, uh, I just have to throw something. Because, like, sometimes when I'm listening to, like, WPOV, every now and then they'll say one thing, you know, where you're drinking something. And they'll say it, and you'll literally spit it out because it's so funny. You're just like, <clears throat> you know. For me, the, the, the joke of the week out of them, they were talking about Abaddon. And Tony says... Well, you know what? There's something about her. I don't. I don't really like the way she was dressed recently. And Rick says, "Oh, you're not a big fan of cottage cheese," and, <laughs> which was pretty funny to start with. But then Rick, or then Tony goes, "No, no, I like a little pineapple in my cottage cheese." <laughs> I'll let you fans try and figure out what the hell we're talking about there. That makes um, sense now. But you said something the other day about cottage cheese and pineapple or something being gross, and I was like. And I was like, what, what is he talking about? Yes, that's exactly what I was talking right. about. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, th that's just a unique character. It seems like lately, lately there's been that trend, right? I mean, the cool guy, bad guy. The bad guy who's so cool that you like him in the end because, I don't know, he says the things you wish you could say, does the things you wish you could do. And then there's characters like Abaddon and these people popping up where – it's kind of unclear sometimes, are they a villain? And how does that affect the way people garner heat? That's something I wonder about. If you're unclear of exactly who the bad guy is, how do you make it that much more exciting? And is it because of this, because of this in-between stuff, because of the no real clear cut of who's trying to do what to who, has it watered down the reaction of fans because i can tell you now you yeah maybe the fan crowds are bigger but they sure aren't anywhere awake or as fun or as invested as the crowds of old do you, do you really think the fan crowds are bigger i don't think they are um well no i'm i'm gonna say they're bigger than up until the explosion of the rock and wrestling crap which that was just a monolith of kids and whatnot right yeah it was big in the you know mid 80s to like you know 1997 or something that but if you took that aberration aside the old days the crowds weren't super big when i used to go to wrestling i loved it but it was kind of like people it had a stigma to it 
And I'd go to the Agricom, and the Agricom isn't that big, and it wasn't always sold out watching some of the best of Stampede Wrestling. Um, And what I'm saying is, though, that small crowd would put in a crap load of feeling and and an investment into it and Energy today and everything yeah but yeah. when you look now, at it this way though yeah like like when you had eight thousand people at the mid-south coliseum in memphis every monday mm-hmm. and you had people in the omni and you had all people all over the country when there were 33 territories and yeah. even if some nights on some house shows are only drawing a couple thousand back in those days if you add up all these territories running six to seven nights a week there were more fans going to wrestling then than there are now yeah, you talked about I'm, Bushwhacker Luke when he was talking about uh, mm-hmm. like Montreal and stuff. Well, they were both, yep. you know, two rival companies running the same night, drawing huge houses. Well, yeah. I don't know though. I mean, you could see times where you watch WWE shows, and I'm not talking this year, pre-COVID stuff, where mm-hmm. you'd see like a giant amount of people sitting around, really not doing a lot. Versus sometimes mm-hmm. you watch some of the old tapes, and there's smaller crowds going incredibly, you know, crazy right. for it. Now. I'm just wondering, is there such, there was such clear cut heels and, and faces. Now it's kind of murky. And I think that in my mind, it's got to be a lot different to generate heat. It's got to be a lot different way when it was so easy before with clear cut people. Do you see this as being something like this whole trend? If we keep going this way, will we lose that? Will we be able to ever really find people to generate that sort of feeling? I th- still think it's easy when I'm, when I go places to get heat, but, but I think the problem is now you have the way the TV product is being presented. And then you have a lot of indie promoters who are trying to emulate that TV product and it's, they're, they're, they're not on TV. It's not the same thing. They need yeah. to worry about putting butts in the seats. They, they, they're not on TV trying to sell commercials and sponsors. They're actually trying to put butts in the seats. So I, I think they need the, the shows that still understand that. And, 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 draw legitimate heat actually that i'm on usually have larger crowds than the ones that try to emulate what they see on tv because it's a completely different product and it should be a completely different product because you have two completely different goals so it's, it needs to be marketed different but too many indie guys try to do like what they see on raw every monday night too many indie promoters do mm-hmm. and it, you're not on tv so it's not the same product or the same audience you just need to you need to cater to the crowd that you have there that night that you're trying to draw on in that town and I think that's a that's a big problem. So I think, yeah, as you see these younger promoters trying to emulate what they see on TV, it, it is going to move away from eventually. You're not going to have any guys that are learning how to get legitimate heat anymore. Okay. Anyone else want to weigh in on this? Did you want to go AJ? Because I got something to yeah. say. But if you want to go, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I got. To, I think I think wrestling, uh, much like the world, is is cyclic. So. Um, you you talk about back in the territory days you talk about back we talk about the work and how things were back in the day and it was less flippy less spotty um and then we see a tag team like ftr come along where they're just trying to do the old school and everybody goes oh wow man that's really cool i think i think old is new again what's old is new again i think you know back in the day uh i'll use this example women were wearing their their jeans super high up their waist uh, and then that went away and then it came back you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I think wrestling like the world is all cyclic it'll it'll all come back to that eventually um i think people are trying to do new things and and or what they think is different um but i think at the end of the day it'll come back around uh just talking about like uh, the indie wrestling promoters and things like that. Um, I've wrestled in different territories, uh, different countries, territories where I've been 
to Tennessee, I've been uh, to the Northeast, you know what I mean? Where they're very different, uh, specifically different styles. Um, I think the indie shows, uh, everything I've gathered and just having wrestled all over Canada and stuff, it's all based on promoting. I don't think, I don't think there's a heel on the indie level that people are going, man, I got to pay to see that guy get his ass kicked. Uh, I find more often than not when we're running our shows here, it's like, oh, who's the headliner? Oh, is it worth paying the money to come check out the show? Uh, and then you'll get your wrestling fans that support relentlessly and regardless. But I think, uh, I think it's just, it's all in the promoting, man. The more work we did, when we were drawing six, 700 out here. The more, it was just the more work we did. We pounded the pavement and, and did that. It wasn't one character or any one person, uh, you know, really drawing the whole house. Some guys would sell 10, 20 tickets, which is great, but that's not the whole house, obviously. So, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to just, as we were talking, I'm, I'm going to grab a slightly different spin on it and then uh you know i often talk about society reflection of society the changes and the evolution but as we were talking about heat and less heat and talking about television product to me what it feels like it's becoming is taking you know if we're going to take two guys there's not necessarily one like definitive heel i guess i mean there can still be a definitive heel but he's not going to be drawing that same heat because at the end of the day you know, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, how are these guys looking? What's better than one guy on top selling, you know, a million t-shirts? It's two guys on top selling a million t-shirts. Then you're selling two million t-shirts. So rather than having like, you know, such a definitive heel that you, you know, you're not going to, all you want to do is hate him. All you want to see him get beat. But if I've got Drew McIntyre, and if I got Roman Reigns, you're going to have your people that like Roman Reigns. You're going to have your people that like Drew McIntyre. And there's going to be animosity but there's not going to be necessarily that heat that we're talking for and looking for. So you're going to have people that are going to, you know, be pushing for Drew McIntyre. You're going to have guys that are pushing for Roman Reigns. The reflection to me in society is like, let's look at sports teams. There's no real like heel sports teams, but if you're, you know, the, you know, if you're cheering for the Dallas Cowboys and you're cheering for uh, the Cleveland Browns or whoever, it's, it's like all you're looking for more is my team is better than your team. My guy, Drew McIntyre, is better than your guy, Roman Reigns. So I'm going to buy my Roman Reigns merch. You're going to buy your Drew McIntyre merch. More money is getting made. You know, so that's they're, – they're, they're not looking for the heat. I think at the end of the day, there's got to be a connection, whether you feel a connection with heel Roman Reigns, babyface Drew McIntyre, uh, whatever it may be. There needs to be a connection. Uh, as I've learned over the time, uh, if there's a connection – People are now willing to buy your merch. They're willing to put yeah. you up. They're willing to buy you a drink at the end of the night at the bar. <laughs> there needs to be a connection, man. Even yeah. as a heel, um, you know, there's if there's a connection, people will invest. All right. Well, I'm not saying just to make sure, just so that I wasn't being mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you know, like there, there's not a heel, mm-hmm. but it, you know, but there's gonna like if, if AJ's cheering for for Drew and I'm cheering for Roman, I mean, you know. It, at the end, it's like, well, you know, you can say, well, Drew's my guy, Drew's right. Well, Roman's my guy, Roman's right. It doesn't necessarily matter who's the heel because you're still invested in Drew. I'm still invested in Roman. We're both paying for two tickets. You're buying your Drew T-shirt. I'm buying my Roman T-shirt. So they're doubling up on on things rather than just, oh, well, we both like Drew and we hate Roman. Well, we're going to buy, you know, Drew T-shirts, but we're not going to support Roman. 
Okay. And people these days intentionally go out of their way to like different things. So yep. you yeah. see all the time people will intentionally like the heels and it's happening more than it ever did back in the day from my understanding. So you're never going to truly have Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, present day, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to have that one solidified baby face that everybody loves. Um, you know, everybody's got their own team. I think the same same thing I've said for years can be said about music. There's never going to be like another Elvis or Michael Jackson or, you know, Madonna like that because every there's so much so much competition. Everything is so diverse that there's going to be people that you know if Chief is the hottest singing sensation, you know what AJ is just not going to like him just because he doesn't want to like him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. A lot of people try hard to be different. Yeah, <laughs> they want to. They want to like. They want to go against what they think is the norm or society's grain. So, but, yeah. and in this day, ironically, it doesn't make them any different at all. No, um, no. <laughs> but they don't realize that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I would kind of challenge uh, the one notion is I have tons of friends who are uh, fans of the NFL, and they'll definitely say the Dallas Cowboys of uh, the NFL. Mm. Anyhow, uh, last question I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you had to do that. My I'm, last question. I, I'm, I'm not a Dallas you, Cowboys fan. It doesn't matter to me. I just, <laughs> just, I just threw names out there. Um, here we go. Last question, and I want you guys mm-hmm. to rack your brain because it's a thinking question. Okay. I'm out. The question is this: <laughs> I'm going to assign you guys the chance that you get to create the ultimate villain in the big times. What goes into that villain? What represents him in your mind? If you had to create the ultimate heat-seeking villain, the guy who everyone's going to hate. What does he do? What does he like? Tell me all about him. And we'll start off with Chief, because I know he he has an... I know you already know the ultimate villain in your mind. If you had to present that on television today, what does he look like? What does he do? What does he act like? And give me the full thing. What makes, in your mind, the best villain today? Today? I don't know. That might be tough today. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no Puerto Rico to fall back on. We're talking yeah. the, 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 the same things that were, yeah, the same, the, yeah, the, the same things that made a great heel, even like a Tully Blanchard back in the, you know, the eighties yeah. would, would, uh, would be different today because, mm-hmm. you know, society is so much different. Um, Before what you've been feeling in society today, what do you think would work? Well, I guess I, um, well, even, you know, even half the people like him, I was going to say, if you take a look at what's gone on in our country recently, you take somebody like Donald Trump, <laughs> he's made a pretty good heel. <laughs> yeah. But then again, it shows a difference. Like, you know, he had a record number of people vote for him too. So it was, it's kind of the 50, 50 thing, almost That's like the Roman cool. Reigns or the John Cena. I mean, it, it's kind of a reflection of society. So I don't know. I don't know if you could have one perfect heel, uh, like like Andy was just saying that everybody's going to hate. I don't I don't know if that's possible anymore. You know. Okay. Andy, you um, want to tackle this? Oh, I, sorry, are you are you done, Chief? Do you do you want to weigh in with more on this? Yeah, or? I'm pr- I'm, pr- I'm pretty much done. I, I don't I, like okay. I said. I don't know if I think I I could come up with a perfect heel in today's society. Maybe Andy might be more in touch with that than I am. Andy, I don't know that I'd go. I mean, you know, to me, but what you kind of hit on, um, mm-hmm. you know, albeit small, but. It, it, it's got to be someone that that's that's got to be a good talker and you know mm-hmm. aj hit on it earlier and you know we i think we all agree like that's one of the most important things so it's got to be like uh like a tully it's got to be a flair it's got to be a dr d david schultz and I mean, even but, kind of somebody that's willing to push the envelope kind of like what yeah. i did with the mother's day and the shovel thing that time yeah. like 
a lot of guys like I wouldn't have done it, but yeah, I think it's somebody like that's when I think with Donald Trump, you know, he said stuff that nobody else is willing to say publicly. Yeah. You got to be able willing to push the envelope. For and, it. and that's one of the things that we've talked about on global. Uh, when we talk about AEW dynamite and we talk about MJF was, you know, early on kind of prior to the inner circle thing, like the makings were there for like a, like a good modern day heel heel. Mm-hmm. But as you know, for what we've kind of agreed on is that, as times passed on with the inner circle thing and you know, maybe we'll be somehow this will come around and it'll change, but maybe the damage has already been done is, you know, we can, t- we can bring up the song and dance. We can bring up all this other stuff that now is kind of because it's more entertaining and it, it's kind of taken away from it's not heat. Feel. Yeah. It's not heat. Like, like at the start, that's what it was. He was just an asshole. And, you know, people either hated him or you liked him because he was good at being an asshole. Now he's an entertainer. Now he's an entertainer and it's kind of taken the luster off the off the the heel and the heat. And it's like, oh, dude, like, you know, you had it. And it's like, yeah. And and we had D'Lo on uh, last week talking about heels. He's like, well, you know, give it a chance. See how this plays out. And Tom brought up the point to him. He's like, well, you know what? You can't unsee what you've seen. Like, it's it's already maybe come too far that – you know, it's going to be hard to kind of get back that, you know, that potential heel heat that, that he had. Yeah. I agreed with Tom totally on that. I'm like, yeah, even, even if it comes around and he gets over on the inner circle, he still lost a little bit of his luster in terms of that steam, you know, we're talking heat, so let's go with the steam, but uh, you know, like, but otherwise like that talker has got to be there. I I think overall too, he he can't be an overly big guy. You know, if he's maybe six, one at most, uh, to, I don't know, 230, 240. He could have a respectable build. But, I mean, you look at, again, like, we, you know, talk, Tully, talk, Arn. Like, these guys, like, you know, they, they weren't bodybuilders, but they didn't look out of shape, but they also looked like they could handle themselves. And guys that you probably still wouldn't want to mess around with, in a, like, you know, in a dark alley. And that was one of the things I always said is, like, well, you know, if you came across so-and-so in a dark alley, you know, yeah. if I'm walking, if I'm walking in a dark alley and I'm, you know, walking by the chief, okay, like, cool i'm gonna try not to avoid you know try to avoid eye contact walk the same you know other side or whatever aj same thing i mean look at that ugly mug man like i don't want to mess with him yeah <laughs> kevin sullivan always says that because he he still size is a big difference to him and he's like yeah that's what he bases on when i'm walking down the street i see this guy walking towards me would, would you know is it the guy that veer and go the other way or is it a guy who would just wouldn't give a second look to yeah. And he's still very much in that mindset. And now, and now, yeah, because that was like an old school mindset, right? Because they were back in the 80s and, and further back, it was like, you know, just none of the guys were really like big bodybuilders, but they were tough bruisers that were thick enough that like, yeah, no, I, there's enough believable believability there that I don't want to mess with that guy in a, in a dark alley. And now with so many young guys, and I'm sorry, like guys that are 140, 150 pounds, they could do all kinds of stuff, but you're still going to have the guys going, oh man, but like, you know, if it was a real fight, I'd kick his ass. Right. And it's funny you guys say that, too, because I I was thinking of that whole analogy of walking down the alley and we always think of the big guy. But then we always do the one thing, too, where because ingrained from the 70s or 80s, where we're like, if it's a skinny Asian guy who's young, eh, he might just (laughs) kick the crap out of all, you know, (laughs) which I'm sure has helped many skinny Asian guys walking down alleys. AJ, (laughs) you're building the heat magnet bad guy for national television. What what are you building? I'll stay away from the skinny Asian. Um, <laughs> That's a I, I, so, sorry. <laughs> just going back to what Andy was saying about MJF. Um, 
I think the second he turns on Jericho and Jericho goes full-fledged babyface, MJF is going to be the biggest heel uh, going because people want to cheer Jericho really, really badly right now. And they're doing a good job, I think, of drawing it out and building a friendship between the two of them before MJF ultimately, uh, uh, you know, goes the way that he is and, and so forth. I could be wrong, but that's, uh, that's I hope you're right. I hope you're right for, for yeah. his sake. I hope you're right for wrestling's sake. I would gladly say I'm wrong in a heartbeat to that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't think he is. <laughs> Sorry. Go well, it's so far. We all talk about, Oh man, we all want long-term tor- long-term storytelling like we did back mm-hmm. in the day. And I think they're doing it uh, again. It's a, there's goofy aspects to it and, and, mm-hmm. you know, some like it, some don't, but, I think they're doing a good job of a long-term story that I think eventually culminates in MJF turning and, and so mm-hmm. forth, but he'll be the, the heel there. So uh, as far as my choice for a top heel, I think in today's landscape, uh, I'd probably go with a good looking chiseled toxic masculinity <laughs> six one athlete that can do everything like see first, first off, I don't think you can, I don't think you can have one, heel that everybody just hates because mm-hmm. if i'm talking about this heel that i'm i'm saying right now well the women are gonna like him because he's got chiseled abs and looks great yeah. uh guys like me who are bigger uh, are not gonna like him but i think mm-hmm. with the way i think if, if done correctly a man kind of playing off that toxic masculinity jock mm-hmm. could probably get everybody you're not gonna get every woman to hate him but you could probably get a good portion of the of the audience to to hate somebody that looks really good, does everything better. I think that's the route you go with a a top heel. So he looks good. He's on top of your company, which is what you want, uh, and displays all the traits that mm-hmm. seem to be the hot topic buttons within society these days. Okay, okay, and and you know what? Um, I'm just going to combine two little things here. Sometimes what I, what I meant, just so I'm really super clarifying, is sometimes when you see something that just sh- turns your mind for a quick second. It's hard to erase that. And no matter what you do, you may never be able to get back that little thing. My first example I want to use is last week, and this is something that happened on uh, AEW, is when they did the whole Abaddon thing. When she came out and she was there, and Sheeta came out and hit her one time in the forehead with a kendo stick, and she went down like a ton of bricks. Yes, everyone could say she got up and did the Undertaker thing in a few seconds, if maybe she had come out and beat the shit out of her and then knocked her down, then I would have been like, oh, that's scary. But the fact she hit her once and she that's went true. down like she was hit by an airplane will always make me think, eh, she's kind of soft then. Even though, you know what I mean? It's the perception. There's nothing that I can, it's going to take now, you're going to have to beat Sheeta with chainsaws, or sorry, beat uh, Abaddon with chainsaws and uh, 30 people before I'm going to get back what was taken away from that one ill-thought-out maneuver. That's what we're talking about sometimes about uh, MJF is the fact is now that I've seen that, sure, he's going to be the biggest bad guy when he turns on Jericho, but I still can't erase that bit of goofiness. I'm not sure what he can do to get back his street cred, I guess is the best way to put it. And so that's the bad problem with wrestling is when you're presented something on television, if you take a misstep that makes someone for one second look atrociously bad out of nowhere – it's really freaking hard to ever get your street cred back. Many wrestlers have had that happen where, yeah, they became big, good guy, bad guys, good guys, whatever. But people always remember in the back of their head, they saw that one thing and that just never goes away. That's, that's just life. That's how we're hardwired as people. 
So folks, this week we uh, had a, a really interesting topic and I'm really glad. I want to thank you guys. It was really good to, to really talk about this stuff. Sometimes it's stuff that we're not, you maybe feel you don't want to talk about, but some of these things really bring forth what makes wrestling exciting, what makes people invest in things, what makes people watch it and enjoy it. So this week, I want to thank the three of you for really delving into what you think heat is, what you feel it does. How do you do it? How do you get it? How do you keep it? Well, one thing that's for certain fans is we've learned that heat is probably the one thing that really sets wrestling apart as a spectacle. Without it, without having somebody do something or be something that makes them uh, someone to hate, it's harder to find someone to really love to, to have them battle with. And wrestling is basically good versus evil. The bad guy has to be eventually overcome. The good guy has to step up and be the hero. And without those terrible deeds, actions, words, or whatever, it just doesn't work. So first of all, before we take off, I want to go around the room and give everybody to their chance to push out any social media, any uh, things coming up, everything you want to push. Uh, AJ, do you uh, have any uh, web, web things you want to push out there, school stuff, you name it? Uh, my phone's going to die soon, so I'll do this very really quickly. Uh, no, just the uh, at, at Crusher AJ on Twitter, at Crusher AJ on Instagram, uh, AJ Sanchez LaRock on Facebook, Elite Wrestling Academy. Uh, look us up. Unfortunately, uh, uh, we don't uh, don't have much wrestling going on just with everything the way the world is. And uh, we tried to run a live stream a, a week and a half ago and had the authorities called on us. So that's a, another story for another time. Yeah. But, uh, not, not much is going on right now. Just uh, keep watching these podcasts. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everyone. And uh, it's always nice to chat with everybody and catch up. Thank you, AJ. We appreciate having you on. Thank you. Chief, anything you want to push out there? Nope. Just uh, Rod Atacula Kula on Facebook. Chief Atacula Kula on Facebook. Rod or Chief underscore Atacula Kula on Instagram and at the Chief Atta on Twitter. All right. Andy. Uh, you can catch me one of two programs in the WPOV network of programming. You can catch me uh, WPOV quarantine, such as this, such as this show here. You can also catch me on WPOV global, where we discuss uh, AEW. Well, a little bit of independence, but primarily we focus on AEW Dynamite television episodes. Uh, on the social media machines, you can also catch me on Twitter at Andy Anderson PWA. And Instagram, the Instagram machine. Uh, I'm that guy, TCB247. That's the letters I M T H A T G U Y T C B 247. Uh, gyms are closed right now. So if I'm posting any gym stuff, it's all old, uh, which kind of just goes hand in hand with me posting anything with wrestling, which is pretty <laughs> much all old. But uh, have a follow. Uh, why not do it? It's fun. Come on. You know what, folks, there's also other programs on the WPOV network. Uh, we've talked about quarantine, which will appear every Tuesday. Uh, Global, which is every Friday. Every Saturday, we have the granddaddy of them all, the one that started at WPOV Wrestling, hosted by the now-returned Tony Diaz. Um, Tony was on a bit of a sabbatical. Good to hear him back. Love the pineapple joke. Um, <laughs> Rick Serrano III. And uh, Who? is Miguel Cole? Yeah, exactly. Is Miguel Cole still with him? I, I've never heard that. And, some reason our traitorous, lecherous co-host Elio seems to want to like go sniffing around traitorous. over there. What? 
Yeah, you traitor. <laughs> you know, Sniffing I think around. Might, Miguel, Miguel Cole may not be able to be on as much shows because if they got to uh, adhere to some social distancing, mm. then I, I don't know if uh, he and uh, Rick Serrano III could be more than you know six feet apart. It's hard to get your hand up a puppet's butt. I mean, I don't know how Elio stands it. But anyhow, we have Saturday WPOV Wrestling. We also have WPOV Aftermath, which appears after every major uh, pay-per-view or event, where some iteration of us different hosts will get together and we'll discuss what we just saw. Um, also, I'd like to push out T-shirts. We have T-shirts available at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash WPOV Wrestling. Or is it, is it WPOV Wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Wrestling uh, POV. Wrestling POV. Uh, t-shirts, $19.95 each, just four different kinds. All of the sales towards these T-shirts go to fund this show and to make it bigger and better. And we have lots of bigger and better things coming, folks. Keep on the line. Elio, last thing I want to ask, where can people write in? So you can write in to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV1, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. Well, fans, we want to thank and, you. Wait, sorry. Are we, are we also supposed, supposed to say something like rate, review, subscribe? Isn't that the also big thing to make sure that they're uh, subscribing to our show so that they don't miss a single episode? What he said, folks. And give us good ratings. <laughs> yeah, give us good ratings. We Do will it. find you. We will find you. Anyways. And by the way, folks, I know a lot of you who've been watching us on the video feed kept wondering why in the heck I kept putting my headphones down and answering the phone. I'm not going to say a name, but we did have, trying to log in today, a big name wrestler who we will have. He talked to me. He was having extreme problems trying to log in today. He wants to come back soon. He says, I want to come back. Tell Chief he better be on the show with me. We're going to come back down uh, when we figure out some of these issues, and we'll have him on down the road. I'm not going to say his name. When we have him on, I'll say, that was the guy. So I look forward to a, a guy that we – I'm the only thing I'm going to tell you is this guy was a master at getting heat. So that's all I'm going to say for that. Uh, we've enjoyed you guys today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And Elio, say goodnight to the good people for us. And friends, we'll talk to you all next week.